0: I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. Again, I have to ask you, are you surviving out there this week? The weather what the heck is going on? We are getting freezing rain right now. There's tornadoes all over the Midwest. There's thunderstorms. It's February 27th right now. And all this stuff is happening. This has been one of the strangest winters I think I've ever experienced. I'm not complaining because of how mild it was, but it's just, it's a little concerning. I'm a little nervous to see what the spring is going to be like if this is our winter. And just remember Every day in March, we get like three extra minutes of sunlight per day. So if you're struggling with this winter, I understand. I feel you. But we're almost there. We are almost done with February. And I feel like February drug on longer than January did, which I don't ever remember feeling that ever before. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We're, we're almost out of this, guys. Hang in there. Anyway, <laughs> so this week, I'm try- I was trying to think of something else to say other than like, oh, here's today's episode. Um, but if you guys missed it I had another mishap while ordering something if you've been around for a little while you've heard how many times I've ordered something and it wasn't the right size it was either way too big way too small whatever uh, this time it was with my mom's birthday present and I was really really excited for this one <laughs> so um, we have i'm I'm now i'm I'm old okay I whatever my when I was little we had VHS tapes so all of my like family's memories are on VHS tapes so I wanted to get those tapes digitized for my mom's birthday um, so they could be converted digitally um, so we could have like a flash drive or a a disc so we could watch this so um, like right after Thanksgiving I think I told my dad what I what my plan was and I asked him to gather up as many VHS tapes that he could find so I could um, send them off to this company and whatever. It was going to take 12 weeks, and my mom's birthday uh, is February 16th, so I was like, okay, that that should be enough time, right? So I got a package um, where it was like 10 tapes for like $250 to get digitized, and then you can get um, like a Google doc link and then you also get a flash drive and then um, all those VHS tapes will be converted into um, like CDs. So my dad sends over this bag and there's I don't know like 15-20 tapes in there and none of them are labeled and I'm just assuming like oh he knows which tapes are which like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick some and hope for the best. So um, I was a little skeptical because like oh I don't know what these could be. I hope they're all uh what I think they are. <laughs> So I I was like, whatever. So I labeled them and then it was really easy. The company, um, they send you like little labels that you mark every tape with um, so they can have that for their records and then they send you a box um, and then you just throw everything inside of this box and mail it back to the company and then they let you know like throughout the process, like, yep, we got your order. Okay, now we're going through X, Y, and Z. Okay, now we're processing everything and then um, so they just keep you updated, which is nice because it is Long process, and it's kind of expensive, so I appreciated that. And then, uh, last week, early last week, I got an email. I woke up in the middle of the night, I had a terrible dream, um, that I was getting attacked by a bear, but that's a, that's a story for a different day. <laughs> and I woke up and I checked my email, and uh, I saw that I got um, an email with the Google Drive link from this company, so I was like, Oh, sweet! So I clicked it, and I'm like, Maybe these home videos will like relax me enough so I can fall back asleep and as soon as I open up the link and go to the google drive the first three images I see are of a NASCAR race three different races I'm like are you kidding me and like I kind of laugh I'm like no there's no way so um the the link is it said like, it may take 24 to 48 hours for everything to fully upload. So just be patient. And I wasn't seeing anything else. And I'm like, okay, well, those must have been like the questionable tapes that I didn't know. But hopefully like the other six or whatever are are, are, like of my memories. (laughs) So um, I go back uh, the next morning when I get going for the day and I go back and I check through and it gets worse. (laughs) So uh, the first one I click on is my mom in the hospital after she just had my my older brother. And I was like, oh, cute. No, oh, that's so sweet. Um, so at least I know I have one good tape. And I'm like, all right, so where's mine? And then I'm going through and then, and then like the next clip is um, a video of our town when it was flooded back in like 1991 or something. And I'm like, okay, well, we've got the town history, so where's mine? And then we're (laughs) going through the next one. Okay, here's the Atlanta NASCAR race from 2003. Great. That's just what I wanted. The Next one's like another NASCAR race. It's like Bristol or something from (laughs) like that same time. And I'm like, what the heck? Why? One, why do we have these NASCAR races on tape? Two, why do we have multiple tapes of multiple NASCAR races? And then uh, the next one I clicked on, um, it, it started showing clips of Indiana Jones and I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I'm watching it. And, uh, my dad wanted to record an Indiana Jones movie on TV. So we have that on VHS. Um, and there were several other NASCAR races. And then the final video was, um, of my uncle who had passed, uh, almost two years ago now of him and his oldest daughter on Christmas morning and I was like okay like it it was it was very sweet and I like it was very fun watching that video back and just having those memories um and I'm excited to send that off to my cousin so she can have that video and I'm just like, what the heck? What did my dad send me? Where are all of my videos? Like there is one video of my brother. Um, and then like this other random video, I don't even know why we had it. It was my uncle. And I'm like, this is, this is odd. So I sent it over to my dad and I'm like, what did you send me? And, uh, he had no idea. So now, um, he's kind of, tearing the house apart looking for our, the rest of our home videos cuz like I know I know we have a lot. We just watched them maybe 2 years ago for mother's day. So I know they're there. I just don't know where they are, which is honestly the story of my life right now. I know things are here. I just don't know where they are cuz uh, we're a little unorganized. At least I know it's not just me that's unorganized. Must run in the family. I'm going to I'm going to go with that make myself feel a little better. <laughs> anyway, um if you're interested in uh getting some of your old memories digitized like this, I went through the the company Legacy Box. Um and they were really great to work with. I don't put any of the blame on them whatsoever <laughs> because I think before you send stuff off, you have to just sign like a contract that says that you won't get mad if like what you send in isn't what you think it is. You know, just like for instances like this. Um so I'm sure they're probably thinking like, what is this girl sending us? Why is she sending us these NASCAR races? <laughs> uh, but they they didn't question it because like you have to sign a thing saying like, I know what I'm sending in. Uh, so maybe just double check things before you uh, spend that much money on them. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, today we have a really great episode. Um, Becca and I have both been kind of open about our mental health on this podcast, and we wanted to get um, someone with a little bit more experience involved uh, with that to help you guys um, in case you or someone you know is struggling. Um, especially the winter, like the winter is so hard on a lot of farmers and and everyone in general. Just because, again, seasonal depression is a real thing, um, and and also being a farmer, like it, this is it's hard. This is like when you're thinking about the upcoming year, um, taxes are due, like there's just all this responsibility that is is kind of hard to control during the winter. So um, if you or someone you know, again, is struggling with mental health, this episode is for you. And maybe if you're not, keep this one on the back burner just in case um, someday it might come in handy. But um, today we have Scott Johnson on um, and, we, and we talk about A lot of things, mental health and and how to seek help for that. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It's a tough conversation to have, but hopefully it's an educational conversation um, that you guys can learn something from and maybe pass it on to someone or find resources to help someone uh, that you love and care about. So thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy today's episode. All right, guys, I'm really excited for today's guest because I think this topic is very relevant for a lot of farmers and something that you might be struggling with or someone that you know or or are close with might be struggling with. So I'm excited to bring Scott Johnson on the podcast today. So Scott, thank you so much for joining us and feel free to introduce yourself. Let us know where you're from, what you do and how you got here.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Amber. Uh, This is really exciting. Um, You know, it it isn't always the easiest subject to talk about, but it is one that is very important. Um, But but to start things off a little bit about me, um, as you said, my name is Scott Johnson. I am the district sales manager here in Wisconsin. For Farmers Mutual Hale Crop Insurance. Um, some of my ba- background: I grew up on a farm um, in Southwest Iowa, too. Um, you know, just just you know, son son and brother of a farmer. Uh, you know, both of my grandfathers were, were farmers as well uh, down in Iowa. So, um, grew up on a farm, mostly just row crop, about a thousand acres. Uh, so, so for that part of Iowa, you know, it's still a relatively small family farm. But um, so yeah, so live uh, just north of Madison in De Forest. Uh, moved up here five years ago for for this role. Um, then married. Uh, to, to my wife, Bridget, we've got a uh, dog and yeah, that's, that's our little family.
0: <laughs> what kind of dog?
1: Uh, he's a little bit of a mutt. Um, I, <laughs> uh, one of my neighbors always says that, that he's too cute to be a mutt. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, so he's a little 40 pound, uh, little sausage with little legs, um, mostly Pomeranian, a little bit of, uh, of Amstaff in him. So yeah, he's, he's cute and rambunctious and keeps us on our toes.
0: All right. Well, now that we've got the important question out of the way about your (laughs) dog. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. So today we're going to be talking about mental health and how farmers can kind of be proactive or reactive um, to that. Because, again, I think mental health is kind of taking more of a priority, more of a front seat um, in people's consciences right now, um, especially now that we're in the middle of winter. Winter blues are the, are a real thing. And I feel like kind of after or around harvest, um, for at least me anyway, is kind of when the heaviness kind of starts sinking in a little bit. So, um, before we kind of get into that, how did you kind of get involved with the mental health side of things? You said that you were with hail crop insurance. How does this kind of fit into your role?
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, there's been a few things that have kind of led me to this point. Um, you know, one of the, the biggest things that happened just after I started with uh, with farmers mutual hail um, a couple of coworkers and I, we went to a farm bill forum meeting back in 2018. That was, you know, uh, the, the farm bill was up there and and really we were there to talk about crop insurance and just advocate for, for doing no harm to crop insurance. Um, but while we were there, there was a gentleman that was from the university of Wisconsin uh, extension, and he was there to talk about mental health and, um, you, you remember what the farm economy was like back then. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. great. You know, we, we were looking at very depressed prices on, on both, you know, corn and soybeans, you know, two of the bigger drivers, um, in, in our U S farm economy, um, milk prices were, were very depressed at that time. Wisconsin was leading the country in farm foreclosures. Um, so it was just a really rough time, uh, to, to be moving up in, in, in Wisconsin, but really, um, you know, some of the producers started getting up and talking about their own stories and started opening up a little bit about their own mental health. Um, and, and first off, you know, part of it was just very sad. It, it was very, you could tell that there was a lot of desperation in in that room, but it was also very inspiring because suddenly they had a forum to start talking and opening up about their own mental health journey. And it was amazing how comfortable people got uh, very, very quickly talking about that, that conversation. Um, and, and growing up in, in, Southwest Iowa, you know, I grew up about 10 miles from the Missouri and Nebraska border. So right along the Missouri river, um, you know, some of my family, uh, excuse me, not family members, but, uh, you know, uh, friends, um, and their families, um, you know, I saw them interviewed on CNN a couple different times for having flooding and just washing their entire farm operations, just get washed down the river, um, mm-hmm. you know, whole grain bins, everything like that. So really seeing firsthand that, that sort of stress that the farmers go through, um, is really kind of what inspired. Me to 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 get uh, get going with uh, with mental health with farmers, um, and specifically what I do is I teach uh, QPR classes, which uh, stands for question, persuade, and refer, uh, which is specifically uh, designed to uh, put the tools in in people's hands to be able to start talking about um, specifically suicide uh, prevention. So that's that's the main topic of, of what I focus on with mental health.
0: Okay, um, so agriculture is a heavy industry it's one of those um you don't know what you're going to get year from year you don't know what you're going to get day from day and especially i feel like with the generation changes happening i feel like a lot of the older generations have a harder time trusting the younger generations with the takeovers and i feel like that's just a lot of extra weight that the older generation is carrying um all that maybe like guilt or or an extra sense of responsibility that, you know, maybe they didn't leave the farm the way that they wanted to for the next generation. I feel like it's just a lot of things can add up in a hurry that a lot of people often don't think about. And another struggle that's kind of getting added into the mix is all of, you know, throwing the media on top of it you know, why are prices increasing so much? Why is, why does my store-bought beef look different than if I get it from the farm? Like, oh, there must be all these extra additives that farmers are doing to hurt the environment, to hurt me. Like, there's just so much um, that I feel like a lot of other industries don't have to deal with. And it's a lot, it's a lot for the farmer to deal with. Um, So kind of with those trends, have you noticed anything um, with with the change throughout the years, have you noticed more of an increase um, with these new negative trends on the rise?
1: Yeah, I don't know as if there's been um, any major changes in the overall statistics as much as there is just a better sense of awareness that this is is actually a topic. Um, actually, you know uh, an article that was published here about a year ago um, was looking at, Mental health back in the uh, for farmers back in the '80s, um, and in during from 1980 to the end of the '80s, there were over 900 farmers that that committed suicide. Um, wow. And from 2014 to 2018, so another very rough time in in mm-hmm. farm economy, uh, 450 uh, farmers uh, committed suicide. And we can also assume that that number is higher because that's not a statistic that every state tracks. Um, so so really, it's it's always been there. I think it's just there's a lot more resources and there's a lot more comfort level in talking about it. Um, I actually just read an article not too long ago uh, that, that was published in uh, Farm Futures. Um, and the author was talking about uh, previous generations having the C word and, and being very uncomfortable uh, talking about cancer. And he refers to mental health and suicide awareness as our generation's C word, that this is the the new conversation that that we are starting to get better at and more comfortable of talking about and, and realizing that it's not, uh, it's not just a one-off thing. This is this is a real epidemic in our country.
0: That's that's a lot. That's a lot that uh, shouldn't shouldn't be there in the first place. Um, so, okay, if you're starting to feel overwhelmed as a farmer, if you're starting to feel a lot of these really heavy emotions, what are some of the first steps that you should take before you get to kind of like your breaking point?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just stress management. Um, it, it's it's finding your 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 community around you that you can rely on to to talk about it. Um, I think it is you know finding the things that you enjoy doing. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said about things like physical exercise. Um, you know, a lot of people don't uh, don't love to talk about it, but um, you know, uh, doing some. Uh, mental health exercises, you know, things like that, to 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 really just kind of help your your own stress and manage that. Um, and I think just being a being self aware, just just doing some checking in with yourself and saying, okay, how am I really feeling today? Um, what what sort of things am I, I dealing with? Um, but then I think the biggest thing is realizing that everybody has these thoughts. Everybody has these 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 times that the world is just a little too much for them to, to handle and reaching out and getting that help. Um, that can be a very difficult thing to do. And and that's the whole reason why I do what I do is that um, it's not, you know, we can't rely on, on those that are stressed and that are starting to have these suicidal thoughts of, of, uh, them reaching out. Um, so, so we put the onus on ourselves a little bit. It's learning how to recognize that in others and then be able to, to be comfortable in, in having those conversations.
0: So what is something that you would kind of look for in someone who might be struggling? Are there any like telltale signs um, that someone might be struggling that, you know, you might not pick up on otherwise?
1: Yeah. So, you know, there's really kind of three different categories that that you can look at uh, when it comes to to signs and and how um, you can tell if somebody might be potentially suicidal. Um, You know, the first would be verbal um, and and that can fall into a couple different categories that it can be direct verbal or indirect verbal. Um, So something, you know, as as uh, easy as um, I wish I could go to sleep and not wake up. You know, that would be an example of a more indirect one. Um, a more direct one is I wish I were dead. Um, you know, things like that, that, that are very, very pointed. Um, you know, any indication that, that a person may be suicidal, you should take very seriously and start having that conversation. Um, the other two categories would be behavioral and then situational. So behavioral would be watching for changes in relationships, um, watching for, you know. Um, changes in how they may feel about, you know, the, the activities that they are, um, passionate about so you know if all of a sudden they lose interest in activities um if they you know if you see major changes in you know weight loss uh, or gain um just any anything like that and then um you know anything that's different in their behavior maybe in the way that they talk maybe in the 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 way that they're interacting with others um and then the last would just be situational just watching for something that that you kind of think back and go, huh, like that, that might be something, um, you know, and that could be something like, you know, the, them going out and buying a gun, um, you know, and, and it it can depends too on what you're talking about, because if you're talking about somebody that's a gun collector, of course, they're going to go buy another gun. Um, sure. but it, you know, it's, it's what's out of the ordinary. Um, another one that, that I like to, 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 to not joke about, but, but that I, um, am, am aware of is stocking pills. Um, so, so a couple of years ago, uh, my wife had a, uh, Uh, injury. Um, so, you know, she's on a couple different medications and, you know, we've got these, you know, big, you know, five, six inch, uh, tall pill bottles laying around. Well, nobody's stocking pills. That's just the number of pills that she takes. So it's, it's looking at the context around the situation.
0: Okay. So if you are noticing these signs, how do you start that conversation? Because again, I think a lot of maybe their first if you, if you approach someone, they might deny it. So how, how do you be persistent while being gentle, I guess, about it? Or what's the best way to approach someone if you're noticing these?
1: Yeah, absolutely. and, And first off, there's really no wrong way of asking. That's, that's the first thing. The fact that you're able to comfortably have the word suicide come out of your mouth, um, is a great thing so so I guess jumping off topic for just a second if I can amber one thing that i do want to point out with uh, qPR and specifically uh, with class that, that I teach is that it is a message of hope um so we can think of suicide as a journey so it starts with an idea um, and then it turns into a plan and then it turns into an action um so those are kind of the three steps to to to. Uh, really anything, but, but, but with suicide, you know, that's, that's the progression Um, with QPR. The idea is to get, in between the ideation phase and the action phase, uh, whether that be in the ideation or in the plan, into to to interrupt that process, so you know get to them before they get to the point that they are going to to take an action. So so that's where it really is a message of hope that um, suicide is is very preventable. Um, you know we can't prevent every suicide. But certainly by having the conversation a little bit more often and being a little bit more comfortable with it, we can certainly save lives in, in a very real way. Um, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is just being able to give space the uh, give space to the person that you're talking to, to, to open up about it. Um, you know, and you can ask them some, some leading questions of, you know, you've, it seems like you've been feeling kind of depressed here lately. Um, have you been having any, any thoughts of harming yourselves? Um, you know, just you know basic small lead ins like that um the the one thing that i would very much caution is how you ask the question um and and not leading them to an answer that you want right it's it's you're not thinking of suicide are you well it, mm-hmm. by asking it that way you've already put in their head that you're hoping that the answer is no and granted we always hope that the answer is no but the answer might be yes. And you need to give them the space to be able to say yes and be able to open up and talk about that. Um, but I, you know, you, you also brought up the point too, of being persistent. Um, if you ask the question once you probably need to ask it again, but you can't keep, you know, badgering them on about it. Um, you know, a lot of people will not open up the first time. So, you know, ask the question, talk a little bit about how they've been doing, things like that, and then maybe circle back to it um, as a follow-up, if, if necessary.
0: So once you start that conversation and they say, yes, I'm having these thoughts, what should the next step be for them? I mean, should they reach out to you at QPR? And if so, what is kind of kind of walk me through the process of once they reach out to you, what does the next step look like for them?
1: Yeah. So. So. Um, and, and I guess maybe we haven't really talked about uh, really what what QPR is. Um... But so it's a three-step process. So the first is learning how to ask the suicide question, um, how to how to start that that conversation. The second is persuading them that they do need to seek help. So that can be the hardest part is, um, you know, convincing them that hey, if you have been having suicide thoughts, you do need to reach out to somebody. And then the final part is refer. And that's the, and that's the part that you're asking uh, about right now is um, myself. I I'm just. I'm just a, the son of a farmer. I'm not a mental health professional <laughs> at all. I'm a sales guy that travels around Wisconsin and enjoys talking with farmers. That's that's all I am. I'm a guy with a message. Um, so certainly I'm not qualified to, to help out that person. But what I can do is I can be prepared with some resources to be able to get them to talk to somebody that is prepared for that. Um, and sometimes that can be, um, you know, right then. That can be making that referral and and helping them make that phone call. So whether that be to the National Suicide and Crisis uh, Hotline, uh, which is just simply 988, you can call, you can text. Um, Also, a little secret about uh, suicide prevention, you do not have to be the one having suicidal thoughts in order to call or text 988. Um, it is for somebody that is having suicidal thoughts, or if you know somebody that is having suicidal thoughts, um, if you don't know how to ask that question and how to have that conversation or where to find resources, 988 is a great place to call Mm. and be able to say, Hey, I've got this situation. Um, I need to get some help. Um, and there's a lot of resources out there, you know, specifically in agriculture, a really awesome one, um, that that's fairly local here is out of piasta iowa um and it's the agri stress network um and they've actually got a uh, a hotline that you can call and you know talk to somebody that is specifically um there to talk to you about what's going on in your life and what's going on with with your farm um you know it, it, sorry you may need to, to cut out this part uh, <laughs> But it's people that are specifically uh, there to talk to farmers and to talk to farm families to help them get through the crisis, whether that be suicide sure. or anything else. Um, and that hotline is just 833-897-2474. Um, they also do free QPR classes for farmers and farm families at least once a month. So I would highly recommend going on to the, their, their site. Um, it's just agrasafe.org.
0: Okay. And I'll link all those in the show notes below too. So you guys can have easy access to those and see them, um, if you need them. Um, okay. So that's, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, earlier you were kind of talking about mental health exercises. If you do start to feel stressed or overwhelmed, do you happen to have any that you recommend, um, just to kind of do maybe on a daily? Um, like I know for me, like journaling is a big one or, or just kind of, um, meditating, kind of finding that space before you go to bed or wake up. Do you have any other tips or tricks that you might recommend?
1: Yeah, so um, it's funny you mentioned med- meditation. That, that can be one of the best ones. Um, there's a free app that, that's out there. Um, maybe you're aware of it. Um, a lot of your listeners may not be, but it's uh, Headspace is the app. Um, so it's, and you can do the same, uh, the same free um, meditation, but it's guided meditation uh, that you can go on and it will actually teach you how to meditate. It really starts at the very basics. Um, they actually have a couple of Netflix specials about Headspace as well um, that, that are also, uh, guided meditation. So I uh, would highly recommend that. Um, I, I think the other thing too, is just having somebody, um, maybe opening up to somebody else that that you think might be having the same problems that you have sometimes, um, you know, there there's uh misery enjoys company, right. <laughs> you know, I, I was yeah. having a, a conversation here about a year ago with, uh, with one of my friends, uh, the, the, in the insurance world, uh, as well. Um, and him and I were talking, you know, he's, same situation as me. He's about my age. Um, you know, we were sitting in a bar having a beer um, and and we, we got to talking about how, you know, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, um, it really wouldn't be okay for us to be sitting out in public, having a beer um, and that openly talking about our mental health, you know, what we're going through um, individually and being that honest with each other. Um, that just... It wasn't really a thing, um, so I think that that's something that that you can really do is is just be open and honest with with other people around you about it,
0: right? And and I totally agree. And I think again, um, kind of circling back to social media, um, what everything that you see on social media, it's again just a highlight reel. Um, I know Becca and I we talk about this frequently, but. It's it's hard, you know, scrolling through and if you follow farmers, seeing how well someone else's crop looks, maybe compared to yours, or, you know, like they brought this this new the newest tractor out there and you guys are still stuck with one from 30 years ago because um, it's not in your budget. Um, you know, everything that you see again is just a highlight reel, and people don't like showing the hard things that they're going through. But if you sit down and talk to anyone I'm guessing they, and start saying, you know, I'm struggling with this, this, and this, they're probably going to say, yeah, we are too. Like, it's not just, again, when you're in this feeling of, um, in, in desperation, almost, it feels so self secluding that you don't think that anyone else is going through similar struggles that you are, but most of the time you can find someone within reach that is going through something, something similar. So, Again, reach out to your neighbors, reach out to family, friends, whoever, if you're struggling with something, just have a conversation about it. Um, and and if maybe they're not going through the same thing, but I'm sure they can relate in some way or even just listen and and kind of talk you through it too. So well, talking, and, talking and as, does wonders.
1: <laughs> and, and as we're talking about farmers too, I think one thing that really gets missed, um, unless you you come from a farming background, is... With crop insurance, uh, it, it's kind of a natural uh, extension uh for 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 me with crop insurance. Um, you know, quite oftentimes people are in my company are seeing farmers in their worst times. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they they've got no crop left. Um so so farmers mutual Hale has really done a great job of getting behind um uh, question persuade and refer. Um actually every member of the sales staff is is trained in QPR. Um we're current we're currently working on um you know how do we get our adjusters uh, that training um for a company that that big that's a really big undertaking we have we have a lot yeah. of adjusters across you know 45 different states um but but one thing that really gets missed is that um farming is in in its in its purest form a job it is a career but it's also a sense of identity um I remember a couple of years ago was talking with a friend that they live up in Northern Wisconsin. Um, Her and her siblings were bought in on, on the dairy cattle. Um, That time dairy prices were absolutely terrible. They knew that the smartest thing that they could do was to sell the cattle. That was, that was just where they were at. Um, They, her and her brothers actually got together and they bought um, their dad a vacation. And then while he was on vacation, sold the cattle because they knew that he would not be able to, to see that happen and watch that that livelihood. Um, and, and I think about that a lot too. the, the, of, you know, my dad and my brother, that that's part of their self identity is, is mm-hmm. as a farmer. So when that's under threat um, you know, that's, that's a big change. You know, this is something that's been handed to them. I mean, I, I know you come from a multi-generational farm as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is something that's handed on from one generation to the next. So, so to be the one that, that loses it, that can be a very, very traumatic experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't even want to think about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's such a terrible thought.
0: Yeah. But I mean, you know, again, you just kind of have to think what's best for, for you and, and for the upcoming generations. And if that means kind of just cutting ties, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to come to terms with, because again, like you said, um, anytime I introduce myself to someone, I say, hey, I'm Amber and I'm a cranberry grower. Like it just goes hand in hand. Um, so that's that's great that you guys are all trained because again, weather, weather controls are our, our livelihood. And if something that's out of our control destroys everything, that it's a blink of an eye and it's gone. So for you guys to come and see farmers at their most vulnerable state. Um, and to offer those, that help is, is huge. And I, I wish more companies did that because I think a lot more people could benefit um, from it. So that's, that's good for, that's good on you guys. Like that's, that's, I can't say enough good things about that. I didn't, Thank I didn't you. know that honestly, That that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's you know it's a relatively new endeavor. Um, you know, we we started it. Um, I think I I taught the first class uh, for the company back in May of this last year. Or so and we've just kept it rolling. Uh, my goal outside of outside of professionally, but but my goal personally as a QPR instructor is to try to have uh, one free class month here uh, from February till October. Once uh, once things get a little bit busy over the winter. winter, don't have quite a, quite as much time to to be able to do them. Um, but but that's a personal goal that I have as well.
0: Awesome. Well, I I definitely learned a lot um, from this conversation. Is there anything else that we didn't cover today that you think would be important for farmers or just anyone in general to know?
1: Yeah, and and that's the the one thing that I do want to highlight too, Amber, is that you know the 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 focus on on this podcast and this conversation is on farmers. Um, farmers, uh, according to a University of Iowa study, are three and a half times more likely than the average person to to take their own lives. But this isn't just farmers. This is a nationwide problem. Um, Suicide is the 12th leading cause of death in the U.S. More than 45,000 people annually take their own lives in in the U.S. And for every person that takes their lives, there's 25 attempts that are made. So we've went from talking about thousands of people to talking about millions of people. Um, very strong correlation between uh, suicidal ideation and uh, depression, um, and clinical depression is is diagnosed in three million Americans every year. So, so wow. this is a bigger conversation. Um, you know, one one great visual that we can think about is um, along those rates uh, that would be like a plane falling out of the sky every single day in the U.S. Right? I I know it's a wild thought to to think about, and and yet if a plane were literally falling out of the sky there would be a huge uh, you know research and, and a huge topic around it it would be on the news all the time that we be be having this conversation because something is wrong, but it's taken us this many years in in the country um, to to get to the point that we're able to talk about it this this openly and this free. Um, so yeah, I, I would just encourage you to to be open about it, have some conversations. You'll be shocked on how many people once you open up that 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 uh, conversation. Um, and and from firsthand experience, I will say too, if you are talking to somebody that is truly in distress mentally. And you give them the space and open up that that conversation with them, I almost guarantee you that they will feel a sense of relief right there knowing that somebody has asked and cared. That is mm-hmm. absolutely huge. So it, it can, can be one of the scariest things that you can do, but it can also be a very life saving thing is just to, to, to have that conversation, to talk to somebody about it.
0: Right. And I always like to think too, it just takes like that one split second of courage and trust in someone. And it just makes the biggest difference in the world once you can find that opportunity to just, to just, just talk and express all of your feelings that you've been keeping to yourself for so long. So again, um, check in on each other, check in on yourself, do daily check-ins, um, how you're feeling, how you wish you were feeling and, and check in with others around you too, because they might not be doing that for themselves. So um, again, if you need any of these resources, I will list them in the show notes below. And thank you, Scott, for being here today and having this conversation, because I think it's one that a lot more people need to have um, with themselves and with others. So um, if, if, people, if people want to reach out to you directly, do you have um, a contact information that I can leave for people?
1: Absolutely. Uh, so I've got a, a dedicated email address for for this topic. It is just Scott Johnson QPR at gmail.com. You can email me any questions about mental health. You can ask me any questions about suicide. You can ask me, um, you know, for for resources. I've got the a great additional resource page that I could email over um, that that's got all sorts of information for farmers across the U.S. Not just uh, not just here in Wisconsin. Um, if you want, if you, you're a company that's looking at Hosting an event, um, I would be more than happy to talk and come come do a session for you. So, uh, or if you want to find somebody in your area, or if you're outside of Wisconsin, want to find somebody in your area, get a hold of me there. I'll take any question.
0: Perfect. Well, that's that's great to know. Um, I'm happy that you're offering this to companies as well because, again, I wish more people um, were were offering the same services that you guys do. So, thank you so much. And again, I will leave your contact info down below. So again, if folks want to reach out to you directly, they have that information as well. So, thank you, Scott, so much for joining us today. And I hope you guys, everyone listening, um, found a little bit, of a little nugget to take from this episode. And again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to either us um, or Scott directly. And thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you next week.